1: And a pleasant good afternoon to all those out there in Irish breakdown land. My name is Vince Dario. That guy over there is Brian Driscoll, <laughs> and we're here to bring you another edition of the Ivy Nation or Irish Breakdown. Podcast.
2: Just like a fireside chat or something <laughs> like that. I feel like <laughs> when we were kids, there's that British guy that had that story time show. Yes, you know I what do. I mean? um, Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. What's going on here.
1: Welcome. To another edition. <laughs> no. We're changing
2: so, the energy around here. That's no, right. We're, we're just, just going to bring it in. Just everybody circle around and let's have a little <laughs> uh-huh. We're talking running backs today, man. So that's yes. definitely not the energy. Yes, we anymore. are.
1: We are talking running backs. It is Tuesday. We're doing a positional breakdown. We have, if I'm not mistaken by the numbers, we have two more after this. So today, Thursday, special show Saturday, and we will be done with our positional breakdowns because... And somebody put this in the chat, which I am going to erase now, by the way. Not erase, but hide from myself. Um, <laughs> somebody asked in the chat when uh, when training camp starts. He says it's about a week. Yes, it is a week and a day away. Yes, man. And, uh, yes, man. It's and a week from tomorrow. And we will, uh, we will be there in person, ready to roll in the morning and excited about it. So we are going to push forward today. We're going back to the offensive side of the ball, the side of the ball we like. Right, and we're going to talk running backs, and and the running back room is actually a very interesting uh, one to talk about because it went, I would say, three months ago. It felt like okay, we know what this running back room is kind of going to bring to the table, and then there was an exit, and then some injury, and then they bring somebody in, and all these different things happen. Changes, yeah, man, exactly. And now the running back room. I don't want to say that it's not a position of strength because I still believe that sure. it, it could be a. a and will be a position of strength but what is it going to look like just looks behind, way different now right behind like, Audric Estime right because right. and Audric Estime is going to have a different role too and we're going to obviously we'll dive into that as well but we know he's the front runner we know that that he's at the top of the depth chart but you know so what does that look like with him at the top and then how does it look after him that's going to be the big question moving forward with this group so this is going to be a different looking group than it looked last year, right? Last year, Diggs was the guy who would pretty much start the game and he would kind of do his thing. And then you bring in audric to just pound it home in the second half and just make people just be just pay for being tired, basically. And and it was a great mix. It was it worked really well with the running back room of last year. Chris Tyree's not a running back anymore. Uh, Diggs is not in a Notre Dame uniform anymore. Where are we? So that's
2: It is, Vince. And as, as you mentioned, like, look, there's a lot of talent here, but there's a lot of unprovenness here. Even with Audric right. estimate, like for all the production he had last year and how well he played last year, he played great within a rotation. Yes. A 1A, 1B type he of knew scenario. His role. He, right. I mean, can yeah. he play? Can he be the guy? Because he, here's what Audric never really did last year, that Logan Diggs did. Logan Diggs did do last year, which is be the guy for four quarters. Logan right. had to be that cuz Audric got benched against UNLV when he was having the fumbling mm-hmm. issues. Now to Audric's credit, he came back from that like a man possessed and that's what you want to yeah. see, right? Like Absolutely. guys are going to have mistakes. Guys are going to go through periods where where they turn the ball over. They have rough stretches. Sam Hartman had a little bit of that last year against, you know, uh, for uh, for Wake Forest and he's a very veteran player. You know, he went to back-to-back games where he threw three picks. So what does he do coming out of that? He goes for over 320 the next three games and throws 11 touchdowns and two picks the next three games, right? You bounce back, right? That's what guys do. And to Audrick's credit last year, when he did get benched in the UNLV game and Logan took over, he came back that next week and had one of the best games of his career in Syracuse. And the mm-hmm. staff showed great confidence in him by, you know, by giving him the rock. That happened to be also the only time in his career he's carried the ball 20 times or more in a game. And, and he showed a little bit of that bell cow mentality. Can he do that for an entire season? Can he stay fresh for an entire season? That's a question that we are sure. going to have. Yeah. And that he has to answer. I think he can, but he's got to show it. Right? And so even he has something to prove. The entire depth has something to prove. But I'll say this, Vince. Two things. One, I know that you and I agree on this. Running back is never a position I care a lot about experience. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those positions, whether it's the high school level, the college level, the sure. NFL level. If you can play, you can play. Right. It's a it's a it's more about natural ability than any other position. Now, there's a lot of technique involved, and I don't, I don't want to ever take anything away from coaches because we've raved and praised Dylan McCullough for the job he does as a position coach. I thought Lance Taylor also did a very good job. Tony Alford was an excellent coach. There's value to being a very good position coach here. But the lesson I, I've said this before on this show, the thing I was taught my first year coaching running backs, I'd never coached running backs before, never played running back. Is look, there's a lot of footwork out of the stance, you know, the proper depth, you know, the proper aiming points and all that stuff. But once they get the football, let them go. Just leave them alone. Like let them go play. And and that's unique to the to a lot of other positions. So I don't care about experience, number one. And number two, even though there's a lot of questions, this is as deep and as loaded of a running back room that Notre Dame has had in a very long time. You have to go back to me, you know, probably 2018. 2017, actually, when you had Josh Adams, you had Dexter Williams, you had Tony Jones Jr. You'd have to go back to that room, sure. and I would argue this one's even deeper because number four that year was Deion McIntosh, and I don't think there was a number five. You know, this year number four and five are going to be some combination of Jabron Payne, Jeremiah Love, Jadarian Price, or Devin Ford. Sure, <laughs> you know what I mean. And and so the talent is there. It's just about answering the questions of. can they put it together on a consistent basis in all phases of the game I think they will but it is something that they have to prove but I'm very excited about this position Vince there's no doubt about that
1: yeah I am too and I I am extremely excited about the depth and that that includes bringing in Devin Ford from Penn State right and you know what what that's going to look like and how he can I'll say it revitalize his career by transferring from Penn State to Notre Dame can he step up be that number two guy can he is you know is he just a depth piece is he a legit number two like that's that's a question right that we don't know going in and then you know you you've got the 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 jadarian prices the uh jabron pains you know what are you going to get out of jeremiah love as a true freshman like
2: there's just a lot of questions, but, but. By, by the way, Vince, I'm gonna have hopefully have an intel piece on the nice. offense out tonight. I no, have got two defensive I've ones to, out. Yeah, I got a couple sources that I've talked to about offense. I'm just waiting to hear from a couple more. But let's just gotcha. say the stuff that I've heard about. Jeremiah there's a lot Love of, so far. There's a lot of J's I know right in the back room, by the way. Jeremiah <laughs> Love, Jadarian Price, just sounds. Even Jabron Payne. Jabron Payne. Yeah, right. Um it wouldn't shock me if like Aldrich Estimates middle name is like Jonathan, you know, something like that. <laughs> um <laughs> but uh but yeah, it it it's it, it's some good stuff right Right. there's a lot of excitement about what he brings to the table so we'll have that but you can only get that if you're a premium message board subscriber by the way but the the point being vince like you said is there's a lot of talent there but we just gotta see who's going to step up right exactly and that's that's, gonna be the question that and that's what falls for you know
1: can they can a couple of these guys build on what they did in the spring because i think i think that um I think the running backs did a good job. There was limited bodies. So there was lit, there was limited opportunities, obviously for some of these guys in the spring, but at the same time, I feel like the guys that were there and had an opportunity to take advantage of those reps took advantage of those reps. Right. And I'm, I'm specifically, I think, you know, uh, speaking about why is his name escaping me at the moment? Um, Payne, Jabron Payne. There it is. Yes. Because he changed his number. I was looking for 13. I was looking for
2: 13 on the yeah. roster and I only saw three. I, I didn't okay. know if you were trying to remember like the spring or a past Man, year or something. Yeah.
1: My mind was blank. But the point is, uh, Sean Styers and I had a good conversation about this last night on IB Nation Sports Talk. And we were talking about the guys that need to have a big fall camp, uh, going, you know, going into the season and things like that. And one of his was Jabron Payne. And I think that was a really good one. And it's not one that I had on my list because he is someone who took advantage of the fact that he got a boatload of the reps in the spring because of, you know, injuries and otherwise. Right. And I think that, you know, this fall camp is really going to decide what kind of career Jabron Payne has at Notre Dame. If he, if he balls out and he Says, hey, I need to get some reps. Then he's going to get those reps. If he falls a little bit short in fall, he might get buried on the depth chart, and that might be the end of his Notre Dame career as far as being a viable piece in the running back room moving forward. Somebody that they're going to count on. So,
2: you know, my my only caveat to that, Vince, is I would say that's true of every running back on the roster, not named. Good call, Audric Estime. I think that's the, and I know that's something that you had mentioned that you, you and I were talking about beforehand. Is is. That he is right about Audric Estime, but I think you need to apply that to every other running back other than Audric Estime, which says a lot about the depth. Sure. And I I don't know about you, Vince, but I feel when you have that kind of depth in a room, it keeps guys focused and hungry. Yes. Which absolutely. which enhances the opportunity that you're like when you have a, a room this deep, your margin for error is significantly higher than it is at other places. There's yes. no doubt about that. Absolutely. And and the way it looks to me on the outside looking in.
1: The depth chart's wide open after Audric Estime. Like there's there's Audric at the top, and then it's a bunch of blank spots. Like that that's how it looks to me. And so it's wide open for these guys to go in and compete. And you know, they're not going to be at Notre Dame if they don't want to compete. Like I, I'm not right. worried about them wanting to compete. It's what is that going to look like? Is is Jadarian healthy 100? Like right. he's coming off a nasty injury, which from all accounts. I, Not him specifically, but that kind of an injury sometimes can take a year to really get back your explosiveness and things of that nature. I'm not saying that's the case with him, but that's what I've heard about other guys
2: who have had that injury. So, because we don't know, right? We don't
1: know, you know, and we're going to see that with our
2: own two eyes as well. So, when you look at the room, Vince, yeah, it's not about, it's not just about production, right? It's about this quality of the production. And so, when we look at the running back room, what is success going to look like in 2023? I think that's something I want to focus on before we dive into the individual players. Love it. I think one aspect of what I want to see from this room, it's not so much yards. It's not total carries. How do you split up X number of carries? Sure. It's what's the effect in this of the room when they are getting the football? I, I think carries are going to be a little bit, um, there, there's going to be fewer carries to go around the season. You know, Notre Dame had 532 touches last season with their running backs. That's 80 more than they had in 2021. Um, That's even more than they had in 2020. Although in 2020, they averaged more per game because they played one less game. They had 473 in 2019, 536 and 200 in in 2018. You know, so you're, you're looking at these five sixty in 2017, right? So what were all those years that we talked about? They were years where they were a very heavy, running football team and years they had quarterbacks to ran the ball a lot in a lot of those years well you're not going to have the quarterback run necessarily as much as they have in the past you're also running an offense that's going to be more rpo oriented than we've seen in the past so i think getting to that 530 to 550 mark we've seen in other years is going to be hard to do on top of the fact that the new rule changes could potentially take away eight to ten plays a game for per team Sure. We'll see how how, how that is. So what does that mean? Okay, that means I need to see a unit that takes more advantage of the opportunities they get. That means a unit that's more efficient in what they do in the run game. You know, last year, obviously, Audrick SMA was a five point nine yards per carry. That's a pretty good number. It's not an elite number. That's where Tony that's actually less than what Tony Jones was in 2019 it was less than obviously what Dexter Williams was in 2018 who was at 6.3 it's less than what it's a full yard plus less than what Josh Adams was in 2017 at 6.94 and it it's what Josh Adams was in 2016 Josh Adams was at 672 CJ Prosize was at 655 5 in 2015 you know so you go back and look at it and you say okay look you'll see her 6.5 in 2012 Jonas Gray was at, at 6.9 in 2011 so good year for Audrick and it looks even better when you compare it to previous years you know Kyron Williams is at 4.9 the year before he was at 5.3 the year before that I want to see Audrick be even more efficient as a runner part of that's on the offensive line part of that's on sure. other things it's but but his jump isn't that much if he's like up to 6.2 6.3 You know, even if he stays where he is, he's, he's, he's good. He's still good, but I want to see him, you know, kind of get over that six point yard yards per carry mark, but it's the, what does it look like behind him? And that's something last year, like as Logan Diggs as good as he was, was 4.98 yards per carry. Chris Tyree was 4.4 yards per carry. And Jabron Payne only carried the ball twice for 2.5 yards per carry. The quarterbacks were less than three yards a carry. So the efficiency of the run game last year wasn't as good. Now, why was that? Was it an issue with the running game? Well, part of it was the production in the first few games was lower, right? If you look at Audric Estime and Logan Diggs and their yards per carry averages in the first few games as the offensive line was kind of getting on the same page, it was lower. Sure. So Audrick, for example, in the first three games of the year, averaged 2.3, 3.3, and 4.2 yards per carry. And, and so you look at what he was the rest of the year, and he was a much a much different back, right? He was a much more efficient back. And the same story is true for uh, Logan Diggs, who in the first few games of the year, he didn't play, remember, game three, but he four carries for nine yards against Ohio State, seven carries for seven yards uh, against Marshall. Now, he wasn't as good after that as Audrick was. He had one, two, three, four, five, six games of over five yards of carry. But he still had four games of under five yards of carry and one game at five yards of carry. So you want to see a little bit more efficiency from the running backs this year, a little some more, some more big plays from the running backs this year. I don't think that the lack of big plays last year was as much on the backs as it was just the way that the system worked. I mean, they were sure. tight boxes, the yep. defenses yep. were condensed. I mean, They're running you into make walls, the first guy miss, and there's somebody right there, yeah. you know, to, yeah. to take you. It just wasn't, you didn't have the perimeter protection. So, this isn't necessarily a back thing. The point, however, is you're going to have more of that this year. Right. You have now Chris Tyree out on the perimeter where he's going to be able to use his speed that's going to have to force defenses to stretch out. You do have receivers that are stepping up. There is an offensive system now in place, Vince, with with Jared Parker, that is going to be more oriented on, let's get to the ball, the perimeter, let's throw the ball outside. It wasn't that way last year because of the personnel. This isn't a criticism of Tommy Reese. It's just, you didn't have Sam Hartman, a quarterback last year. Tobias was a freshman, not a sophomore. You know, Jaden Thomas hadn't really broken out for most of the year. He kind of came on later. So there's a lot of reasons why. And your best player was your tight end, who was a guy that was going to do most of his damage, you know, short and intermediate and over the middle of the field. So when you look at it, it's understandable why the yards per attempt were there. But Audrick was a 5.9, right? So sure. you need to see the rest of it elevated. That's something that I want to see. I want to see them be more productive in the pass game this year from a reception standpoint. That's not, again, not on the backs. It's more I want to see them used that way. When right. you have – I mean, you and I would sit there at home games, at Vince, and was it – I forget, Marshall game or – Maybe it's UNLV. Not UNLV. It would have been maybe later in the year. There's a couple times where you and I would look at each other. Is there, if he s- takes that check down to the just running so, back, there's nobody within 30 yards of him. Easy it throw. Happened too. against Navy just, in a game. I mean, just yeah. And then he does it against USC, and Audrick's running for 20 yards before exactly. anybody comes close to him.
1: I remember that very well because so, you we were doing the live stream, and we're just like, finally. Like that, finally, you hit just the check. Like, and that is where I will say at times – Captain Checkdown was okay because he would do that, and and things, yeah. things were there, right? For those and,
2: that don't know who we're referring to, that that would be in Book. That's right. <laughs> that was the nickname but, I gave him in practice when we did practice. He'd like eight passes time. in a row. He's just check down,
1: check yeah, down, like, check down. Do it. But so there, there's there's a happy medium in there somewhere. Is basically the point that I'm making, right? And and you have to be able to identify those things. You have to be able to go through your reads and realize. I've got my running back right out here in the flat and there's nobody within t- 10 or 15 yards of him. That's the easier throw. Yeah, it's not the deep shot, it's not this, it's not that. But that throw is going to get me 15 or 20 yards and most likely a first down depending on the situation. So, at times you just got to move the sticks. Yeah. And I have confidence that a guy, a 60 year guy with the experience that Sam Hartman has that is going to be part of the offense. It has to, I mean it has to be. It has to be.
2: For the record, Vince, just to point out the numbers, uh, I was able to kind of calculate that while you were talking. I was listening to every word, but I was also calculating. Hey, you're a multitasker. Uh, Aldrich estimate in the last uh, ten games of the year last season. For the record, mm-hmm. uh, we talked about the production. The first three games, again, he had 37 carries for it'd be 109 130 yards. Okay, right. That's not good. Over right? three his high yeah, that's not right. Good. Yeah, and the last 10 games he was at 6.6 yards per carry, 790 yards on 119 carries uh at the end of last season. So just just to kind of yeah. uh, put some put some context on that. And then all, and then Logan Diggs after his first couple games because remember he had uh 16 carries on a or 16 yards on 11 carries the first two games of the year, did not play in game 3. Uh the rest of the year he was at 5.2 yards per carry the rest of the year. So again, it was a, it was a jump, Mm -hmm. right? But it was, it it needs to be more. Sure. So, Pass game wise, I, I think there's also some different types of weapons that they can utilize this year that that didn't make a lot of sense last year because of the way they were running the offense. It wouldn't have worked as effectively if you're spreading things out more. But mm-hmm. early in the season, it worked. I mean, there was if you think of the angle route to Audrick early in the year that went for a big gain. Chris Tyree was making plays. I mean, so it, it it's not that they shouldn't have done it. It's just once they went to the let's go twelve all game. You know, once Mitchell Evans came back – and this isn't a criticism of Mitchell Evans. This is a coaching decision. I mean, you know, Mitchell's going to do what he needs to do. But, you know, once they went to, like, we're going to run 12 and 13 all day and we're going to shorten – I mean, early in the year when they were spreading things around and, and Chris Tyree was being used in the run game and they were doing things – remember that one play where they they sw- swung Chris Tyree – I think it was Cal – they swung Chris Tyree to the right and then came with, like, a little – just an arrow, an angle route. Some I call it an arrow because it looks like an arrow. Some people call it an angle route, but an angle route, right – Uh, and he comes back with that and he catches it for a big game, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, they're just – when they were doing things like that, then the pass game was a much more effective part of what they did. You know, you look at obviously what Chris Tyree brought to the table last year, early in the season in the pass game. You know, he had 12 catches after the first four games and then only had 12 the next nine. Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, just they removed him from the offense for some reason. Right, and then you look at Audric Estime. You know he had three catches for 43 yards against Cal, and it was really worked. And he didn't really catch the ball again. He only had two catches for the next six. You know, he actually only had three catches in the next uh, nine games, and then he finally caught like or eight games, and then caught two, three in the last last few games. Right, and then same thing with Audric Estime or Logan Diggs. Logan Diggs has 3 catches for 65 yards against North Carolina. Remember he had that one little quick wheel up the sideline then they had to the throw back where they rolled right um and he ran a wheel and Pine hit him backside. He caught one pass between from that game North Carolina on September 24th to the BC game on, on November 19th. He caught one pass. One pass. And then, of course, late in the year, the offense gets better. He has a 28-yard gain against BC. has three catches for 32 yards against South Carolina. And he has two for 81 against – or, excuse me, he had uh, three for 32 against uh, USC and then two for 81 against South Carolina. The point being, you had weapons that you could use in the pass right. game last year. And I would argue this year you have even more pass Absolutely. game weapons in the backfield because you can still do what you're doing. And Audrey, you know, Audric can catch the occasional wheel, but it's more check sure. down, swings, arrows, stuff like that. Uh, But with Darren Price, you can use him in the same way as you used Logan Diggs in the past game last year. I think that Jabron Payne is a guy that can catch the football. If you go back and watch his sophomore highlight film when he was healthy, he could line up in the slot, run corner routes, catch the football. He can do some things. He's got a little bit of Kyron Williams to him in that regard. I see that. Vince, and then obviously Jeremiah Love could play receiver if you wanted him to, right? Right. So th- there's some things you can do with them in the pass game that I'm really looking forward to seeing them be utilized. And then right. the final piece of the pass game, Vince, this is important: is they got better last year, but there's still room for improvement. Somebody in the chat, I think Jeff Demunk brought it up in the chat, which is a great point. I love when our listeners like get real into the the nerdy stuff. I love it talking about how you know they, they got better, but they need to be even better this year in pass pro. Mm-hmm. They need to be more aggressive, stepping up and taking on blocks. Cause even last year when they would pick up a block, sometimes they would pick it up too far back and get pushed and back. Into, right. And then the quarterback yeah. still can't step into it. So being more, right. even more aggressive meeting contact, you know, go meet the contact. That's something that you always right. teach, teach as a, as a running backs coach, at least I, I, I did. And this is what I, cause this is what I was taught is once you see your guy trigger, you go to him, you meet mm-hmm. him. You don't wait on him. You take it to him. That's physics. Right. I mean, Right. I, right. Because well, it's not what... physics, but it's also as a quarterback. Well, sure. I want you engaging that guy two, three yards further away from me than you are. Right. So you never uh, want to. The physics part is going to be more effective. Right. You never right? want to catch a block. Correct. Ever. That's the physics part. Right. The, the practical part, too, is I need you to be further away from right. me. Right. Uh, uh As the quarterback. So sure. those are all parts of events that that I want to see. So so at the end of the day, what are the numbers going to look like? I don't mm-hmm. know what the numbers are going to look like. But here's what I want to see. I want to see much higher yards per carry. I want to see this running back room be closer to six as a whole than last year where it was closer to five. If you look at the, the, the unit as a whole, that's what I want to see this season. I want to see a unit that is far more efficient and explosive. Part of that's going to be how they were used, how they're used, but then the other part of it is being disciplined, being efficient runners. What is efficiency is not just yards, Vince, Vince but it's also, you know, stay on your tracks. And that's something I thought Dylan McCullough did a really good job with last year. Those guys really stayed on their tracks. They There wasn't a lot of wasted motion. They stayed on those tracks, make good reads. And I think the thing that's going to help them, the biggest, Vince, is as they spread out more, you're going to see teams be forced to then match that, or they're just going to throw screens and quick game and stuff long. all day and take it yeah. all day. Yep, nope. but at the the other part of it too vince is that's going to now open up some run lanes now you're going to have linebackers and holes one-on-one with audric estimate and they don't want to be there he is a gang tackler guy you need to gang tackle him he's not a guy that go ask the kid from syracuse they got pushed three feet into the ground you know when audric was stiff arming him. so those are all parts of it that that i want to see um Sure, be really effective and and um, and utilize more. So more more yards per play, more more explosives, and those type of things. The, the system should be geared towards that, Vince. Yes, now agreed. we need to find out if they're if they're going to take advantage of it. Well, and I think you know to your point, I
1: think the the system is going to be it, it is going to adhere itself to bigger plays because I mean again, it's hats in the box, right? There's going to be less hats in the box than Notre Dame is used to because now they have a legitimate passing threat and the running backs are going to have to do less than they would have had to do in the past, because if they get past the first level and a half, one move and they could be gone because there's nobody else there because they're worried about the passing game. Right. And so I believe the system is going to be conducive to some big plays. There's no doubt about it, Uh, but I want to see. And I also think part of it, as well that is going to be more conducive to big plays is I think the overall, the overall play of the offensive line is going to be better than last year. And so you're, you're telling me that, okay, if all of those things are true, right. When when we talk, when we do these arguments, right. We, we have things that are granted, right. So you're granting me that there's going to be less hats in the box. And you're granting me that the offensive line is going to be better than it was last year the the
2: running backs Even are going to be able to slightly
1: absolutely right. because there's less for them to do if there's less guys in the box right. and so just that by itself tells me that the running backs are going to have some more explosive plays and and the, the average is going to go up and and all of those different things right and so i feel good about I, the
2: this. only thing that i wonder vince is and we'll dive into the individual players next the only thing i wonder is will it be that way early okay yeah, and, and the thing that I ask is I do I do think that if you're Navy and Tennessee State and NC State right now, you're still looking at this football team saying, right, we got to stop the run. Sure. And sure. I'm very curious to see how teams are going to defend this offense with Sam Hartman, a quarterback. Are they going to still treat it like it has been in the past, where right. even in 12 personnel, like I could, I could see Jared Parker using 12 personnel just to get teams to, to condu- reduce right. so he can throw the ball down the field. Right. I could Absolutely. see him. I would do that. I would absolutely, the, the teams really defend you out that. of 12th personnel, I would absolutely do that. Right. So, uh, you know, the, the, there's going to be different, unique aspects of that. Do teams still say, hey, we're going to still make you beat us on the football because we don't have faith in your receivers? I can see that. Hey, we, we know Sam Hartman's really good, but we don't have faith in your receivers right now. They got to prove it to me. I know logic estimates can, can beat me. Sure. You know, I know Joe Walton, Zeke Carell, and Blake. That's going to be the interesting part. And sure. so maybe in the first couple games, the numbers don't look phenomenal but the pass game is ripping people up mm-hmm. and then it you, you kind of gets back to it. Sure. Cause the one thing that we will do this season is, is we're going to have some different type of post game breakdown stuff that I'm going to do on the premium board. And it's going to have, and, and we'll show some of it here. It's not like it's a secret, you know, so when we do like shows the next week or whatever, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss it at times when it's relevant, but I'm going to do some stuff kind of breaking the offense down in different formats. And one of them is going to be, here's the pass game numbers. Here's the run game numbers. Here's the RPO numbers, right? Because you need to be able to look at those as kind of a separate thing and then how they impact the run game. So if the RPO game is like 11 for 12 for 145 yards, credit the run game for that. Right. Because that's because teams are just reducing the box. Wait, well, only ran for ninety-five yards, but they had they went eleven of thirteen or whatever on RPOs for 145 yards. That's part of it because that mm-hmm. team it's like a buddy of mine were, and I were talking yesterday. He's like, Yeah, I didn't think the offensive line played very well against USC. And I was like, I disagree. I don't think they played phenomenal, but I don't think they played bad either. They were consistently outnumbered in the box because USC said Drew Pine's gonna have to beat us. Yeah. Logan Diggs and Audrey Estimate right. are not beating us. Right. And and so Drew's gonna have to go make those game winning plays and keep keep up with Caleb Williams, and he couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And and so and it wasn't just you know because of Drew, but he, he couldn't do it. And so you, you got to look at the numbers and say, yeah, those numbers are have to be looked at the proper context. But I think this right. year it's going to be harder for teams to do that. Agreed. Because if you try that whole, you're going to have to make are your quarterback's going to have to beat us. Well, guess what? Notre Dame has a quarterback now that can do that.
1: And that's the key.
2: I mean, that's the key to the whole season
1: for for, for Notre Dame from a Notre Dame standpoint. That's the key for the whole season. I want to ask you if you. If you're a defensive coordinator for I mean I don't even want to say Tennessee State because they're an FCS or whatever, but when you're a defensive coordinator, you you almost have to choose, okay. Where what do we want to take away and where are we going to say hey, you got to beat us at that. So if you're looking at Notre Dame, you've got no game film of Sam Hartman with Notre Dame, you've got no game film of a lot of these receivers, mm-hmm. most of the running backs what are you going to take away?
2: Well, it's how very are you simple. what's your game plan? I'm taking the two tackles and I'm saying everything inside of that we have to slow down. Yep. Which means we have to stop the run. And we have to pressure Sam Hartman. Yep. Right? Because I'm gonna I'm gonna make the kid that has one catch in his career beat me. Mm-hmm. Tobias weather I'm gonna make the converted running back in the slot beat me. Yeah, Jaden Thomas had a nice year last year, but he's not Audric Estimate. I'm gonna make him beat me. I'm going to make Deion Colsey, who's got 13 catches. I'm going to make him beat me. Oh, gee, you got the true freshman on the field? Jaden Greathouse or Rico Flores or Matt Salerno? Go I'm going to make them beat me. Right. Number number ten's not beating me. Number seven's not beating me. And so I'm still going to. Um, so, you know, so how do I how do we stop it? Well, last year you did it with numbers. This year you might do it with with over, overload pressures. Hey, look, we're going to. We're gonna. We think we have some tendencies figured out from their run game. We're gonna do these things to say, hey, if it's a run, then we obviously we, we're blitzing that side. But if it's a pass, then that guy's gonna create a run through to get to the quarterback. We're gonna not let Sam Hartman and Audric Estime get comfortable in the game and make those guys beat us. So that's where you can get into, and we'll dive more into this in some sure, future events. But sure. but the thing is, the running—that's where the running back, that's where the pass game part of the running back situation could be could be there as well, right? Right. And and that's something that I want to see. Let's let's dive into some of the, the individual looks of guys, what some of the expectations we have for these guys this season are. So obviously, let's start at the top, top of the depth chart. Audrick
1: Estime, he is really the only known factor that Notre Dame has coming back for the 23 season as far as what he can do from beginning to the end of the season. The big question mark for me with him is can he be that a back? Can he be the guy that starts and finishes the game? And what does that look like in between for 12 weeks, right? Exactly. Games, can he stay healthy? Right. Can he stay consistent holding
2: on fresh? That's probably the, the well, word I would. Nobody's do. healthy for 13, 14. Yeah, I mean, in yeah, and then some of the health, I mean, is it's one of those things where sometimes you can't control that, right? right? Like, agreed, get your ankle rolled up on you could do that if you only have five carries a game. I think it's the fresh part, yeah, is where I think you mean by that, and that's sure. kind of. Yep. That's kind of where I'm at. Is can he stay fresh? Can he keep that twitch? Can he keep that, you know, ability to make people miss, or does he get real slow as he gets you know more wear and tear? Well, that's yeah. that's an answer we don't, and that's, we don't know yet. You know, his role last year was he was basically the closer. I
1: mean, yes, he came in in the first half at times and he did different things, but he was Notre Dame's closer in the run game. Yeah. So he's going to have a different role this year, right? Can he excel? in the new role. I think, I think that's still not, do I think? Yes. Yeah, of course I think yes, but it's still a question mark because we haven't seen it yet. I, I haven't seen Audric Estime go beginning to end. Right. And then guys coming in to give him a breather and all of those different things. So can he excel in his new role? I think that's the biggest question mark moving forward for, for Audrick.
2: Yeah, It's just going to be about the consistency part, right? Vince. I mean, that's, that's going to be the key is, is build on what you did last year. He seems mm-hmm. to be pretty hungry. I think he feels like he has a lot to prove still. I think he – Aldrich just strikes me as the kind of kid that's always going to kind of feel that way. Yeah. You know, if he goes out and rushes for 1,500 yards and he's the number two running back in the country, he's going to be pissed that he wasn't ranked number one and feel like he has something to prove, right? That just seems like the kind of kid that he is, which is – kind of good i like that that's love not a that. criticism at all love that you know there were stretches last year where he he was a guy that got more carries we we saw that from cal to byu He was 18 17 and 14 that's kind of about where you're going to want him to be on a weekly mm-hmm. basis is that 15 to 18 range occasionally getting 20 what helped is he only had eight against as far as keeping him fresh only had eight against stanford partly because of the way the game was going but then also partly because he uh he, he had a fumble obviously late in the game that was big but they didn't run the ball as much that game, which was kind of weird. Neither one of the starting running backs had 10 carries in that game. Just one of the the really weird stat lines from that game just was odd. But anyway, you know, then he goes three against UNLV, gets, gets benched, but then he comes back, goes 20 and 18 the next two weeks. Only has eight against Navy, but he did have the big catch for the touchdown. He has 11 against BC because it's a blowout, only six against USC, which I still view as a mistake. And then 14 against South Carolina. Part of the reason he was at 14 against South Carolina because he was a 6.8 per carry.
1: Right. <laughs> you right. Know what I mean, just keep feeding them. Right.
2: Yeah. So uh, you know, it, it's can you can you can you carry that load? And and the good news is is well, it's not the good news, the good the, the, there's potential mm-hmm. that he doesn't get 15 to 18 to 20 carries the first five games every week. That's that's gonna be important, first four games every week. That's why it's very imperative that that they do things against Tennessee State and Navy to a degree, in right. Central Michigan, where you are maybe relying on your 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 depth a little bit more. So that way, I mean, if you can't beat Central Michigan with Aldrick only getting ten carries, you've got yeah, you've got problems. Agreed, right? If you can't beat Tennessee State with Aldrick only getting ten carries, then you've got problems, right? Yeah,
1: I, that's all the above for the top first three games right. of the season. I mean, he should be about as fresh as you can first possibly two be games going into first two games.
2: Because there's the oh, NC State. NC State, game State. Was I'm three. sorry, I, know it's one, I know you keep forgetting it's one, that. Right. Yeah. So one, two, and four. You got the, I got the.
1: Yeah. Right. 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 For some reason I was thinking Ohio State was number four. So one, two, no, four, you. and you got NC State at number three. Gotcha. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, if if he should be about as fresh as possible going into the Ohio State game, week five. Right. Now you got to hang one on him in the NC State game to win that game. Then absolutely, of course, you do sure. that. But that's also going to be our first glimpse as to what this rotation kind of looks like in games that Matt, all the games matter. I don't want to get anybody upset, but first game on the road, you know, big road atmosphere, all of those different things. What, how does that rotation, what does that rotation look like in that game? I think that's going to give us a sneak peek into what the rest of the year is going to look like barring something crazy. So right. Audric here, we know what we need to see from Audrick
2: right agreed just build on what you did last year and do it at a higher volume that that's really what it comes down to because i think some of the stuff that he's going to do with with a jump in production is going to have to do with what's around him not so much him doing something different you know i thought he's a pretty efficient runner last year yeah again 6.6 yards per carry in the last 10 games right that that, that's who audric estimate is Mm -hmm. and and so i'm 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 looking forward to seeing that but then then it's as you said vince what's next yes so let's start with the newcomer in the group, because I think, I think this is the one. While we're playing this, Vince, I am, yeah. gonna or while we're talking about this, I, I do want to play a video of just some of his okay. Penn State highlights. This is, um, this is courtesy of uh, Nittany Nation. This okay. is a highlight they put together. So I'm just going to play this kind of while we're talking, so people can just get a little bit of it for those who aren't. For familiar with Devin can just get a little bit of a glimpse of just it's a couple minutes long of some okay. of the stuff he did at Penn state, but please continue.
1: No, this is perfect because I was going to, the next words out of my mouth were going to be, this is the guy that I'm most unfamiliar with that, that is in the, the running back room because he's the new addition. Right. And he's, he's the guy that's coming in from Penn state and you know, he transferred for a reason. It's a Virginia what, kid. You know? What is he going to bring to the table? Obviously looking at that some speed uh, for sure. But what does he bring to the table at Notre Dame, and can he kind of, you know, revitalize his career
2: in Notre Dame in in a Notre Dame uniform? Can he? I think that was actually from the first game of his career. Okay. I I, if I remember correctly, had like a hundred yard gain the first game of his career. Look, he was a kid that went to Penn State as a top hundred back. Mm -hmm. I liked him out of high school. I, I thought that he's more he's more quick and smooth than he is fast. Right. Like that one run was pretty good, but he's got he's more of that. He's more of that jump cut. Yeah, you know, one cut bounce it, one cut back. You know that this stuff right there, right? You know, good tough runner, a good vision, veteran presence. Uh, so, I, I he only played four games last year, and I wasn't sure. Like, was he injured? Come to find out, he just chose to take a red shirt because okay. he was a little further down on the depth chart. And uh, you know, he's a good quality back. He's 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 great insurance, right? But also, he he's at the very least, he's great insurance. I should say. At, okay. at best, he's got a chance to legitimately step into that number two role. And fill that or the, uh, possibly the Chris Tyree role, where you're that number three guy sure. that maybe doesn't get as many carries, but you can do things like that. That's against Indiana. That's against a Big Ten opponent. You know, that good patience, get that bounce, get it outside. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. You know, he's a guy that can do it. He's, he could be to this offense what Chris Tyree was last year, meaning right. because his skill set is better suited to do what they asked Chris Tyree to do last year. Does that make okay. sense?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So
2: because he's not like the home run threat, I'm not asking them to do with him what we would have asked them. But w- how they use Chris Tyree last year is exactly how they can use Devin Ford, in my opinion, uh, in, in some of those different areas. And so uh, that's that's the, that's what I could see him being. I okay. could see him being sort of that number, that number two guy that gives you quality carries, you know what to expect. Uh, he's, he's a guy that can run the zone stuff effectively. He can be a good counter guy. He can get in the space and catch the football. He bring Is he going to be a, a dynamic player? No. Is he a guy that if he played a whole season behind this offensive line, could run for 1,000 yards? Yeah. Would it be like, holy moly, an All-American 1,000 yards? No. He's a good football player. And somebody just mentioned, you know, like Darius Walker. He, he, that's a, a decent comp. He's a little faster than Darius, but that's a good comp where Darius would have games, Vince, if you remember him at Notre Dame, and you're just oh, like, he was all right. Mm-hmm. And then you look at the stat, you're like 23 carries for 122 yards, five catches for 40 yards, and you're just like, okay, wow, he yeah. you know, it didn't really stand out. I mean, I yeah. saw Brady and Samarja and Stovall and Fasano were all making plays, and then all, D- D- Darius just kind of quietly goes and handles his business. Sure. Right? And and that's I'm not saying that is an insult. I'm saying like that's like, right. okay, you need guys like that. You need those dirty work guys, and that's how – Darius was and, and so you, you, I could see Devin Ford being like that right he was never the top 100 back that they made him out to be but I also think he's got more skill than he had at Penn State because he had some injuries early in his career okay that caused him to fall behind other guys
1: gotcha and then of and course been... they landed
2: a freshman class last year that was nuts I mean yeah. you know with, with Nicholas Singleton I don't care who you are Nicholas Singleton was pretty much going to beat you out last year and so and there was a I believe a uh, a coaching change during his tenure, where the coaches that recruited him,
1: and gotcha. not the
2: coaches that were with him the last couple of years, that's also part of it because he was sure. he was a 2019 signee. Okay, as a true freshman, had 294 yards rushing, three touchdowns, had five catches for 30 yards, and just then the next year was the COVID year, and he got hurt. And he wasn't fully healthy, and then 2021, and comes back, he's still a little banged up, but, but he just kind of been passed off by then, kind of shoved to the side. So he have uh, two years? Point in time. He, he has, uh, he has, he does. Yeah, okay. but I, I don't know that he'll take them both, but yes, sure. he does. Me, meaning I don't know. I, I don't have a clue. Right. I don't know what his plans are. Right. But yes, he has multiple seasons of Belgrade okay. because of the COVID stuff. Right. Because he did red shirt this past season. Right. And then you've got the COVID, the COVID. That's what I thought. Shirt. Okay. I just wanted to double check. He just got to yeah. stay healthy and yeah. adapt quickly. Because again, let's just throw this out there for every back. So have to repeat it every time. They have to step up well in fall camp and early in the season, or they're just going to get passed up because every other back. So this is true for Devin Ford. It's true for Jabron Payne, Janarian Price, Jeremiah Love, all of them. They have to perform well. And with Devin, the one thing he brings to the table right away is experience. He's been in college four years. This is now his fifth year in college. He's a guy that has played. He's a guy that has carried the football in some big games, not a lot, but he's carried the football in some big games. He had 7 carries against Auburn last year. Not a big game, but a big sure, big stage. You know, you're you're yeah, you're against you're an SEC team, you're doing all those type of things. You know, had 8 carries as a sophomore against Ohio State. Uh, you know, so he he's a guy that's that's played in some of these moments, not a ton, but he's played in some of these moments and now you're hoping that he can be a good rotational guy for you. Sure. And and provide some veteran some veteran experience and leadership in the room as well. Absolutely. Let's talk about
1: the two other returning guys that are in the room. You've got Jadarian Price, obviously coming off the injury, and you got Jabron Payne, who is coming off a pretty darn good spring for Jabron Payne. So where do we see these two guys and what their, what, what their ceiling is for this season and, and where you see things going? Because like we said earlier, you know, this is kind of a make or break. It feels like a make or break fall for all of these guys. That just like you mentioned.
2: Yeah, It's. It, I don't think it's that, though. Okay. Like, like what I mean by that is, let's just say Jadarian's not 100%. Okay. And Devin Ford passes him up and Jabron Payne passes him up. And he spends most of the years kind of the number four. That doesn't mean that's going to be the case when we get to spring of next year when the competition opens back up again because sure. Audrick is gone. Right, right. So I would say fall camp is very important for the for the who's going to step up in the rotation for this season. But I just feel like with the sophomores, uh, it, it's it's not necessarily make or break for their careers the way that it is for you know maybe some guys at other positions. Okay, right, Uh especially especially in Jab- Jadarian's pr- case because no matter what he does this season, he's going to be better next year because he's going to be another full year removed sure. from that Achilles injury. Does that make sense, Vince? I, I, absolutely. Well, that's kind of where sense. I'm at with that. For some guy, like for Devin, if Devin Ford's the fourth or fifth guy on the depth chart come this season, then it's an, it's an, okay. Right. Like you're, you're not bringing back a guy for a 60 year. Who's fourth. Especially when you've chart. got a decent recruiting two, class coming, two coming in, in. Two guys. guys. Right, yep. Exactly. Yep. So, you know, for him it is, but for the two sophomores, it's just, it's more about this year. And when you look at Jadarian, it's 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 going to come down to where is he at? Not not health wise, because Coach Freeman told me in the meeting that we had that he's 100. percent I mean, he's doing all the workouts; he's not sure. been held out of anything. But is he back to being 100 percent of the football player he was? Right. Does he have that? Does because what is one thing that a, that a, a an Achilles can do is it can sap you from some of that explosiveness? Right, right. Does he have that back? Can he plant on that foot and poof, like he did before? Mm-hmm. Because Jaden Price, when he was you know, a senior in high school and as a freshman at Notre Dame was a very explosive runner. That was a, a home run waiting to happen. I mean, we saw it in the spring game when he caught that little screen and all of a sudden he's out, he's out the gate and it's a, it's a home run, right? I'm actually going to play a little bit of his senior highlights as we're talking here, uh, from, from, uh, from dense, Denison high school. But that's the thing, Vince is Jadarian was a guy that was a very, his game was all about explosiveness. Mm-hmm. And now you're talking about, we don't know if that's going to be back. That's that's a concern, right? Like, c- because if he loses that, how much is he going to help you? And and so I I want to get excited about him, Vince, but then I don't want to. Right. right? If you that, if think that makes there, sense, right. because right. I want to get excited about him because he's an incredibly talented. I mean, I had multiple sources, including, I'll be honest, one person who was on the coaching staff at the time who said, like, if he doesn't get hurt in the summer, he might have started last year. He was that oh, yeah. good in spring ball. Yep. I mean, he was that good in spring ball. And and so when you're talking about a guy that as a freshman was out playing Logan Diggs and Audric Estime and Chris Tyree. Now, in Audric's case, he was still coming back from a hamstring injury that he had suffered in the winter. So he wasn't quite 100%, but still, still. the point remains. Still, still pretty good. We don't know if he's going to be that guy again. Now, one thing I do know is he is ripped up and strong. Like he's gonna be able to handle the punishment, but you're seeing a guy there, like, is this as, is the athleticism we're seeing here gonna still be there? Man. I the hope elusiveness, so. the explosiveness, the cutting ability. Like, is this can he still do that? That's what we don't know. Can he make that cut and plant and boom? Man. Can he be that guy? I don't know. If he is, then this will be a monster backfield. If Gendar- look, to me, Janarian Price is truly the ultimate key to how good this unit can be. If he doesn't do a whole lot this year, this running back room can still be very good. It can. If Jadarian Price is back to this guy, and if he can be healthy for a full season, whether it's five to six touches a game or eight to 12 touches a game, this running back room will be even better than it was last year, and it'll be even more productive than it was last year. And it'll make Audric estimate even better. Because right. then you don't have to have Audric be that 18 to 22 carries a game guy that he was, that, that, that right now he may project to be. So I honestly think Jadarian Price is the wild card here because of the injuries uh, you, you see here. I mean, there's stuff from his highlight film where he's running seam routes, catching the ball down the field. He can catch the ball in the backfield. You know, these are all Screams. things that yeah. he can bring this to the game, you have a true number two back that can be the guy if the need is there. And <sighs> God forbid oh. something happened to Audric. he's the kind of kid that can step in the lineup and say, we're going to be all right. Yeah. you know, Which then means you can keep Audric more fresh against – NC States and the Dukes and the louisvilles and you you know you can maybe not give him five to six touches that you would have otherwise given him against NC State, Louisville, Duke, but that means he's more fresh to carry it twenty five times if he needs to to beat Ohio State, right. or twenty five times if he needs to beat USC or you know uh, Clemson or Georgia or Bama or whoever else right Michigan Texas whoever right. else you might be playing in the postseason, so those are all things to it that if jadarian can be that guy. And that's no knock on the other players because they're all very talented, and we'll get to that. But Jadarian is the highest ceiling guy of the returners they sure. have, and it's really not close. So we just don't know if he's gonna be that guy again. Is this all his senior year? These are all senior this is, years. Just from a senior season of high school.
1: Do you know what his stats were by chance? I know I'm kind yeah. of putting you on the spot, but like do. every highlight is him scoring a touchdown. Right. <laughs> if he had a, I mean, like a,
2: close to thirty, um I, I had mean to was, have. We just find the uh, the thing we had where they signed with him. And his, center. I mean, he gets through the hole so fast, and
1: it's multiple cuts at times. But then also just outrunning guys through the hole.
2: Yeah, I mean, he, he rushed for eighteen hundred and three yards, um, nine point three per carry, and had 20, 18 touchdowns. And he had twenty seven catches for three hundred and twenty seven yards and another touchdown.
1: Yeah, you can get – you watch this enough. You can get really excited about who this kid is and what he can do in a in a gold helmet, man. I'll tell you what, that's yeah. – you know, this is – uh he is a I mean, again, the kid player. rushed for
2: 4,990 yards as a high school kid, so it's not like he's just a kid that wasn't – I mean, he I don't know why he didn't get the respect and love that he should have. Man. I really don't. He ran for 50 – he had 55 touchdowns in, in high school. He had – 64 catches for 587 yards and rushed for almost 5,000 yards, averaged 7.1 yards per carry. So I, I don't quite understand why he didn't get more love. Me neither. But I'm glad he didn't because <sighs> he's one that. of those guys that you don't know if he ends up at Notre Dame. Sure. If, if you know the other big boys come calling. So, uh, but yeah, but back to it. Vince is just sure he's the he's the he's the key. He's the wild. Yes. Now, if he's not that guy anymore, they're still going to be good at running back this year. Very good at running back this year. Uh, what I'm saying is, if Jadarian breaks out now. Okay, I'll say it this way, right? You know me, the king of making short stories long. I'm going to wrap it up this way. (laughs) If Jadarian Price is back to being this guy, Mm -hmm. Notre Dame is now in the conversation with Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, Bama for the best backfield in the country. Because if he's your two, and then either the Jabron or Devin Ford's your three or Jeremiah loves your three, and one of those guys is your four and your five, and you've got the one-two punch of Audrick Estime and Jadarian Price, with all due respect to Logan Diggs, who you know Vince, I'm as high on as anybody. Sure. But if Jadarian Price is back to being full strength, this running back room will be even better than it was last year. Absolutely. Absolutely
1: because because Jadarian just has that extra gear. He has that extra uh, like. And not, I'm not saying necessarily speed. I'm just saying and he just, does have, I mean, he's he's right, explosive. yeah, but he's got that elusiveness, that one step and go, and all of that. That just, yeah, you're right. The one two punch is going to be pretty stinking good, right? So, fingers crossed that 24, uh, in blue when we see him at practice is going to be doing his thing, and uh, he's just as explosive as he was in that film.
2: Now, the good news is his classmate was a guy that, and we're going to pull up his clip so as we're talking too but jabron Payne's another guy that that the only reason he's in notre dame is because of injuries he has suffered in high school i mean if jabron Payne doesn't get hurt this is all sophomore film vince everything you're about to see now is him as a sophomore okay. in cincinnati playing in a okay. big league in cincinnati if he doesn't get hurt he's probably at ohio state right now i mean okay. he went to indiana i I graded him out as a four-star as a sophomore. Uh, he's a guy that, that is a very intriguing player as well. He was healthy last season, which is good. I mean, really forced his way on the field. By the end of the year, they had him as a starter on, on kick return. And, right. And had kind of said, hey, look, this guy this guy can help us, right? Here he's playing defense. Came out this spring, and, and every practice we were at, Jabron was making a play. Yes. You know, Logan was out. Jadarian was out. They were trying to limit Audric a little bit, and so Jabron got a lot of playing time, and he took full advantage of mm-hmm. that playing time. And he had a great spring. He did, you know. He, he's a kid that brings. You see this? He brings a lot of pass catching ability to the table. He's a very uh, smooth athlete. He's very fluid. The question that I had is, would he ever get back to being the athlete he was as a sophomore? Well, in the spring, we saw him be that guy. And once that happened, I mean, it it, it became a really and exciting thing because you're like, hey, this is a kid that 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 coming out of high school. You say, boy, if he can ever get back to being the guy that he was, he's got a chance to be something. He's got a chance to be something, and and you know this spring he showed it. So he's not some kid that you're just looking at saying, well, you know, yeah, he gives you. Instru- I mean, he could he could go out and win the number two job yeah. this year. Yeah, he could. It, it's not even just about you know, oh well, if so and so's hurt, then you, you know he's got a chance to be a really, really, really good football player. What I what he's I love about him specifically, and I'm not even
1: talking about his game, but more you know what he's made of. He took advantage of of the spring. I mean, he he took advantage of the fact that some of those guys were out or they were limited or, you know, didn't want to be there or or whatever the case may be. He took advantage, and he looked like a number one back. I mean, so I would have no qualms if he goes out there and he takes that number two spot. None Mm -hmm. whatsoever, because if he can get back to this on a regular basis, then he's going to be just fine. And I think we saw glimpses of that during the spring. And so – that tells me a lot about who he is, that he was able to take advantage of that during the spring, to be right. honest with you. Uh, and so it it's, it makes the competition, man, that much deeper and that much better. And it goes a long way to, you know, what is it, six months ago, we're talking about Notre Dame potentially having the deepest, best running back room in the country. Right. This gets that back into the conversation. I'm not saying right. that's a fact yet, but this gets it back into the conversation mm-hmm. With a healthy Jadarian Price, with a healthy and motivated Jabron Payne, right, right, and and then you add in uh, Love and what he's going to be able to bring to the table as a right. true freshman, like
2: who as a recruit was ranked higher than all of them, right? And so, I mean,
1: you know I feel I mean? like we're right back in that discussion. So that's exciting to me because Notre Dame hasn't had a running back room from top to bottom like this in a long right. time. But they right. they still have to go out this fall and prove it. But right. they are where they are. Right. Like they, man, Vince
2: there's Dylan McCullough didn't bring him along just because he liked him. Sure. He's a good kid. Can't play, but he's a good kid. Let's bring him to Notre Dame. Right. He would have right. said, hey, man, stay in Indiana. You know what exactly. I mean? Go like, do your thing, man. That's your, I'll be, that's your I'll be keeping an eye on you. Yeah. yeah but the first thing Dylan McCullough wanted to do when he got hired is once Jabron hit the portal, I got to go get that dude. <clears throat> Right And, and of course, there were some – look, because the previous coaching staff had passed on him, okay. passed on Jabron. They did. And, and you know, they got Jadarian. They they tried to get other second – they tried to get Nicholas Singleton. They tried to get right. Gavin Sawchuck. They they went after Quinshawn Jenkins, who was a stud last year. They passed on Jabron. They chose not to bring a Jabron, which is why he went to Indiana. Mm-hmm. And so it, th- this was a pound-on-the-table type of thing by Dela McCullough because he knew what this kid could be if he's healthy. Now, there's a gamble to it because you don't know if he's going to get back to being this guy. But, like, this is the thing you point to, Vince, is, like, this This kid, the film the film was impressive, and he's playing in Cincinnati. Uh, again, right. he's playing against the best teams in, in, in the state of Ohio. It says a lot about the kind of athlete that he is. And so sure. when, you, when you look at this sophomore class, no one's talking about him because Jadarian was overlooked as a recruit for some weird reason. Adam's a top hundred guy. Jabron was understandably overlooked as a recruit. Look at that. Like, give me a break yeah uh like jabron was overlooked as a recruit because he had barely over 300 yards rushing as a junior and senior combined because of injuries yeah. yeah right so I understand why people overlooked them but what you got was two really talented kids that have big question marks next to their names but if they are healthy and that's all it comes down to, then this running back room is going to be loaded for years for years. Mm-hmm. And that's something they get excited about. And I yeah. I love the fact the kid played defense. You've you, you've seen Jabron. He's not a real big kid. Like no, he's got he's a not. real thick, stout lower body. He's built like a running back, but he's like five ten. That's it. And he's out he here sticks his nose linebacker. in, man. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, just another guy that that this is people ask you know why are you so excited about the running back room? There's a lot of unproven guys. Well, go back to my previous original statement. Number one, I don't care as much about experience at running back. If you have a good coach. Right running back experience means nothing to me and we can check you can check that off the list yes because the whole if you have a good coach thing is answered with notre dame deal mccall is one of the best in the business there's no doubt and and so the experience to me doesn't mean a whole lot it's are these kids hungry from we'll find that out but from everything i've heard yes they are uh but you know one of the things i'll have in the intel piece just give you a little sample is you know I, i mentioned a source i was like so i i imagine you know Talking about Jeremiah Love, and after they got done raving about how good he looks, I was like, So, I mean, does this mean he's gonna, you know, fly up the depth chart? And they're like, Well, that doesn't necessarily <laughs> mean that. You know, I'm like, Well, what do you mean? I mean, like, you just got to tell me how this guy's a freak and all that. And they're like, Yeah, but these other kids are pretty good too. And the first name that got mentioned was like, You know, but Jabron Payne's not just gonna take a back seat to anybody. Right. basically what was said to me. Love that. And, and so, and you can see in the film why. <laughs> right. The other thing I like about it too, Vince, is all these kids not named Audrick Estime can do more than just run the football. Mm-hmm. And that's important too. They can catch the football. They can return kicks. Yep. I mean, if Notre Dame is smart, if if Mark, Marcus Freeman smart, I shouldn't say it that way because it sounds like if he doesn't do it, he's stupid. If I was Marcus Freeman, I would sit down to Marty Biaggi and say, "Look, I know there's a, a you're going to be excited to you know get some of these veterans back there returning kicks, but here's what I want you to do. You, you see these kids: Jabron Payne, Jadarian Price, Jaden Greathouse." Um, you know, Micah Bell, Micah Bell G- was going to be my, Jabron yeah. Payne. He, these are, these are your returners. This is where I want you to, to get your return game from. Get these guys in there some way, somehow, and let them go back there. I mean, so, like, for me, if, if this season starts and let's say that, that, that Jabron's the number two back or the number three, he's in there and he's getting touches, what I would say is, okay, then Jaden Greathouse is my punt returner mm-hmm. and I'm going to say, uh, that Jadarian Price and Jeremiah Love are my two kick returners. If Jadarian Price is in the rotation, then, then it's Jeremiah Love and Jabron Payne. If Jeremiah sure. Love's in the rotation, then my returners are Jabron Payne and, and Jadarian Price, right? I mean, it's whoever's not my number two back of right. the younger players is going to have a chance. And then of course you have Michael, Michael Bell having a chance to do that too. So, I mean, you're seeing this film, Vince. This is this again, this is sophomore highlights of this kid. Sophomore highlights. And um, so it just, it speaks volumes to I'm blocking a flipping plunt. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like this kid's a yeah. really talented football player. Put this kid on special teams, man, let him eat. Yeah. yeah. The Excuse exciting me. thing about watching him as a, in the spring was it was just good to see him healthy. Yeah. Because this absolutely. is a kid that's had to battle, right? And he chose to come into a loaded depth chart. That's the other thing I love about this kid is he could have stayed in Indiana and been the dude day one, or at least the number two day one. And he's like, yeah. Sure. Okay, I see Logan Diggs and Audric Estime and Chris Tyree and Jaden Price. Yeah, I want to go compete against those guys. Like, who does that? Who does that? A kid that's like, man, that's the least of my problems. Like, you know what I've been through the last two years. Right. You know what I mean? And so there's a lot to like about Jabron Payne, and and we're gonna have the same story with every single one of these kids because there's just it's a it's an incredibly talented room. And with all due respect to the guys like Sibo, Flemister, and Jameer Smith, those are good kids and quality football players. But the talent at running back right now is so much greater, so much greater than um, what it was in 8, 19 and 20 and 21 even, where you had a good starter and and maybe a good backup. But behind – I mean, you went into Georgia in 2019 where literally your only healthy running back was Tony Jones Jr. Your right. other running backs were Jameer Smith, Sibo, Flemister, and true freshman Kyron Williams. Like, Think about that and fast forward to now, to where we are now. Where there's a chance Jeremiah Love could be your fifth running back. Which, which is nuts. At time. Which is nuts. Right. So, Devin Ford could be your fourth or fifth right. running. I mean, it, you're, you're correct. It's it's uh, it's exciting. It's very exciting. And it's also why I just have a, a sense of the running back room is going to be fine. Well, what if this – they'll be fine. Well, what if – they'll be fine. Well, what if – look, here's where they're not going to be fine. Andre Estame gets hurt. Jadarian Price gets hurt. Jabron Payne, all, they three of those guys go down. Okay, right. yeah, now they're in trouble because they only have two guys left. But you sure. know what you can do? Hey, Tyree, <laughs> put you back at running back. Right? Hey, Micah Bell, you know what I mean? We're going to get you some touches at running back, running outside zone. Sure. Right? So they're going to be fine. They're going to yeah. be fine. And, um, you know, that's the Notre Dame I grew up watching. Right. Right? I grew it's up watching stable. when Notre Dame had three or four NFL running backs yeah. on the field – to the point where a guy like Dorsey Levins had to transfer to get on the field. Super Bowl winning running back Dorsey Levins had to transfer to Georgia Tech to get on the field. Yeah, that's right. I that's about the Notre Dame that. I grew up on.
1: Yeah, right. And
2: it's exciting. And and where then you'd have to move a guy somewhere else to to play, which is exactly what they did with Chris Tyree. That's sure. the Notre Dame that I grew up watching. And and uh, it's, it's it's exciting that they're getting back there. And then we're, next year we're going to be having the same conversation with Keijan sure. Young and aeneas williams in the in the conversation so right. uh, it, it's a it's a good time good time to be a fan if you're a running backs fan of, of notre dame so we talked about those guys and then the last guy vince is Jeremiah right. love yep right i yep. mean i mean incoming freshmen you said ranked higher than all of these guys
1: coming in and there's a chance he could be fifth on the depth chart there's a chance he could be second on the depth right. chart like that is what right. we're looking at from a wide open depth chart at running back but it's wide open. It's not like it's wide open, like some of the position battles I had when I was a coach, where it's like uh, I don't know who's gonna play, and that's not a good thing. This is I don't know who's going to play, and that's a great thing because yeah. it doesn't matter who I plug in, we're or more
2: about I don't playing. know who I am gonna not play,
1: right? Exactly,
2: exactly. Right. So how do I not play? I mean, the, the 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 problem that Dylan McCullough and Jared Parker and Marty Biagi and Marcus Freeman all have to come together to figure out is none of these kids should be on the bench. None yeah. of them. None of them should be not touching the football. And so, how do you do that? How do you take advantage of that? How do you how do you find the ways to get these kids of football as part of the offense and as part of the special teams? Mm-hmm. That's the conversation that these coaches need to be having, because you can't justify if these kids are healthy with any of these guys not touching the football. I mean, they're they're all just too good at some point in time to to say, hey, this guy's got to play. So we'll we'll see how it plays okay. out. But you're talking about Jeremiah Love. I mean, him and Jairian Price are going to be in the conversation for who's the most explosive back on the field. And he, right, from
1: a from a physical standpoint, just looking at him on tape, right? He's a big boy, right? yeah. And, and yet he gets his body moving in a quick way, yeah. both vertically and horizontally. Holy yeah.
2: moly! Yeah. And, you know, he's filled out real well. I mean, I I talked to uh, somebody close to him before he arrived. He was, he was over 190 pounds showed up for camp or he's, you know, showed up for camp that way, which is huge because he was running track all spring and had gotten into the one eighties during track season, but quickly put the weight back on. He's strong. He's fitting in well, you know, I have a real nice update on him uh, hopefully either tonight or tomorrow with the offensive Intel piece. But, uh, you know, this is a young kid that, that, Right, this is not a okay, come learn for a year, sit on the bench and you know, find your way kind of kid. This, oh, this is this highlight's great because you know who that is chasing him right there? That's Christian Gray. This is the one we're talking about. Remember that is one that time really? where I was like, Yeah, J- Jeremiah's like, Okay, I'm about to score. He's just smoking everybody, He starts taking it slow, and then Christian Gray's like, Uh, you better turn them oh, jets put me on the outside board. there. I, I see him, so <laughs> <laughs> he covers yeah. up the ball with both
1: hands and he's gets the <laughs> goal line. <laughs>
2: yeah they're now teammates so that's a good thing that's great that's uh, you know, but that's great. really a thing Vince that, that Marcus Freeman has added to the table and it even really started to a degree uh, before he he became the head coach when you look at that the, the Rising sophomore class with Jaden Price and Tobias Merriweather, but even more so with the 23 class, and now looking to the 24 classes, there's there's been a jump in speed and explosiveness on this football team. Mm-hmm. I and mean, you're talking about Drake Bowen and Jay you know, Jalen Sneed and Nolan Ziegler and Josh Burnham at linebacker, and then Nolan, you know, uh, Drake Bowen and Jaden Allsberry and you know, cornerback. I mean. When, when, when Chris, when that kid right there that we just showed is your second fastest corner on your, right. on your, in your signing class by a lot, right. like it's not even close <laughs> between him and number one, you've got some speed, right? And that's the big thing that Notre Dame has to keep doing more of that they've done. And and that's the thing about when you look at running back, Ryan or Vince, uh, when you is, is there's there's some juice yeah, and where it was more is Chris Tyree was that, that was it. That was the juice. That was Chris. Chris Tyree was the juice. Now it's like – I mean, you, you tell me Jabron Payne it can't rip one off. We saw him in the spring game. He can rip one off. The, the right. one scrimmage we were at where he rips off a 50-plus yard run mm-hmm. against the first-team defense, Uh, you know, this – they got right. kids that can flat out make big plays. Yeah. They got kids that are legit 4-4 guys, and that's where you start getting fired up about. I mean, Devin Absolutely. Ford – Audrick estimates your slowest running back. Right? <laughs> Devin Ford's probably next. That – that tells you what you need to know about what this group can be. Now they just got to go prove it. Yeah, that's the big exactly. Thing. They got to now go prove it. But this that's is a fun be
1: race, case. man. Like this isn't like, man. I hope one of these guys steps up. Like that. That's not my thought process. It's who. it's who. Yeah, exactly. It's who and when. You know who and when. That that's what I. And like you said, for Dylan McCullough, it's how do I keep these guys off the field? Great problem to have.
2: That's Great also part of my confidence, right there, Vince. Is yeah. the, the name you just said, Steele McCullough? Yeah. I have yeah. more. Co- I, I have confidence that they're going to be fine because they're. I, I know that they have a coach that can get guys ready to play. We right. saw it last year. I mean, Audric Estime went into the last season with seven career carries, and he <laughs> got six of those seven carries in one game. Right. It was
1: a. I remember that.
2: Against, you know? Yeah, against
1: Georgia it was Tech. Like, right. Who's this guy? Remember, remember right. that? Like he and he because yeah. he, he was just ripping off yards against them. I mean, yeah, just, making dudes miss. ripping them off and you're like oh okay like where has this guy been you know what i mean and it was a nice little precursor to what we were about to see in the 22 season for sure
2: and logan Diggs entered last season with 230 career rushing yards right and 52 career carries and they were fine right Mm -hmm. again we we have evidence of it because you look at 2015 even without a great running backs coach and Audrey Denson was an okay running backs coach he was solid he was just not a very good recruiter but you you lose your only experience back on the second carry of the game of the Mm -hmm. season of the season so you have to put a converted wide receiver and two freshmen make up your depth chart and guess what they were just fine (laughs) just fine you know Kyron Williams goes into 2021 with what like four career carries Right, Kyron Williams, in his, as a freshman, four carries for 26 yards, goes out the next year 211 for 1,125 yards, 13 mm. touchdowns. I, it's just a position that I just don't care if you have experience or not. I just yeah. I don't. Agreed. It's like, it's like it the coaching. You, you either got the chops or you don't, right? It's That's, that's uh, to steal Bingo.
1: Brian's quote. You either got the chops or you don't got Bingo. the chops. And that's Bingo. what I, I would say running back is also a, a a bit of a litmus test. It's a bit of a lie detector because it's either you got it or you don't. Yeah. You know what I mean, and unless you big
2: games, especially right,
1: yeah. exactly. Unless you're running behind, you know, the 2015 offensive line for Notre Dame, you know, still need talent back there. But that can be that can squash some things. But at the same time, you either got it or you don't. Right, and it's going to be fun to watch these guys and see what they've got. So
2: I think we know I mean, where we're confident. Yeah, and and with the questions, Vince, I think we kind of already covered those two, right? Okay, that's it's, what I was going to say. Yep. Who, who, do they stay healthy? Right, sure. that's the big one. Who's healthy? Can mm-hmm. they stay healthy? Can Audric sort of be that guy from start to finish? Right. And just exactly how does the rotation shake out? I mean, right. I, I don't have a lot of questions about whether they will or won't perform. And the only I say the only real big question is will they take the only thing that that I'm concerned about with the youth is this. When Audrick's not in the game, what's the pass pro gonna look like? Sure. That's the challenge that I would have if I'm Dylan McCullough. For Jabron and Jadarian, is hey Devin Ford same way? Hey Devin, you want to know how the best way to get yourself onto the field? Show me you can block like a like a monster. You know, show me that you're willing to go in there and knock because then then you can be my third down guy. You know that that can be your role, where you can catch the ball and block and and carry the ball. You know, I I can trust you that way. Hey hey Jadarian, you want to be you want to be a guy that getting on the field for me? Show me you can block too. Right. So so that'll get you on the field more. So be an equalizer be, at some point. And that's point. the because that's sure. the one thing that's not as not always about talent, Vince. Right. yes. That's like Agreed. blocking as a receiver. That's more about want to. Now there's some oh, technique yeah. in it, and I would of argue course. there's more technique into being a, a good pass blocker in, in, as a running back than a receiver. Okay. For receivers is getting away. A running back has to have a and angles are important. And I mean that's important for receivers to a degree. But like, hey, this guy's coming from here. I know where the quarterback is setting up. I got to engage him in this way with this arm. With you know this. I've got a step, there's there's technique involved, this guy that outweighs me, because receivers oftentimes weigh as much or more than a DB, where running backs often weigh less than the linebacker that's blitzing at them. Sure, oh yeah. Right, so there's so much more leverage and technique, and it's not stalk blocking, it's going at them and attacking them. Sure. Those are different things that that where that's a, there's a little bit more to that. And that's that's probably my only big question is what's the pass pro gonna look like from the running back room after Audrick this season? Sure. But again, that comes down to coaching. And do you mm-hmm. have confidence that Deal McCall is going to get those guys able to do that? Yeah. But that's also where competition is big. Because cause Coach McCullough can say, Hey, look, this guy's playing because he's doing all this other stuff for me. You wanna play? Go do that. Okay, cool. All right. <laughs> I need yeah, to know exactly. I step up this part of my game. I want to play more. Well, I'm not playing as much because they can't put me in on third down, because right now, whenever I go in the game, everybody knows I'm getting the ball because I can't do anything else. Right,
1: right. Okay. Well, and with and with the way this room is, I don't see that being the case. I don't think they're going to put a guy on the field who everybody knows is going to get the ball because they can't do anything else. Like I,
2: I just m- maybe early because they right. can't do anything else. Right. Like if you're going to put Jabari sure. Jadarian Price in the in the game early in the season, it's to carry the football. But eventually, after a few games, you, I got right. some film on you. To your point, I can't right. do that in November if you can't exactly. do things because they're just going to see you and they're just going to trigger. Yes. Hey, this, when this guy's yeah. in the game, he's, he's, he, I'm, I'm we're blitzing. Why? Well, because number one, he, they carry, they, they hand it off to him 80% of the time. And when he, when they don't hand off, we know he can't block anybody. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're, we're blitzing you either way. We're either going to stuff you with, you know, we're going to run blitz either way because a good run blitz is designed to get two, two to the quarterback if, it's not a run, right? That's, that's what a good run blitz is designed to do. And so we're going to make this kid block somebody. So we're, we're going to give you numbers that we're, where you're running or we're going to make them block somebody. Right. It may not be the case in September, but by the time you get to game five, game you know nine, game 11, then that's, that's, mm-hmm. that's where you are. And um, we're going to find, so that'd be the only other question that I would say I have Vince. beyond that. It's just about health. Sure. Like, who's healthy. And who who is healthy and who stays healthy. Right. And that's going to be the key.
1: Yep. Now the fun part. Bold predictions. Yeah, man. Yeah. I've got two, and they're both kind of unit predictions. Not necessarily anything individual, uh, but they're unit predictions. Okay. So so my first one. Yeah, I'll, I'll shoot my first one at you. So my first one is, I think, from the running back room specifically. I think there's going to be 25 touchdowns scored. Oh,
2: okay. okay. So they're going to repeat last year. Well, but that um, wasn't from the running back. No, hold on, hold on. Room. The running back room say, had 18. as a team, they're going to repeat what they did last year as a team. Okay. Oh, I see what the you're running saying. Running backs okay. are going to get, because like last year had 25, but what you're about to say is Drew Pine had two, Tyler Buckner right. had four and Mitchell Evans had one. The running backs there's had seven 18 that weren't running backs. Right. Yeah. The, the running backs had 18 in 22 and they had 18 and
1: 21. Um, and so I'm gonna say they're gonna have 25. So that's it's bold. Like I was gonna say 20. I was like, that's not bold. So I'm going 25. I I they're gonna get 25 this year.
2: Well, that's that's still kind of bold. I mean, they had 23, they had 32, 35. Think about it, they had 35. 35. No, I'm sorry, that was Brandon Wimbush. They had they had 21 running back touchdowns in 2017. Okay. I counted Brandon Wimbush's 14. <laughs> but a that lot. that, that so 25, 25's really good production. It is yeah. No, I, is. I think some of that is gonna be because the running backs are so good. Right. Vince also if be, has 15 rushing touchdowns. That means the wrestler has to get 10. Right. That's so. that's a that's I I will give I'll give you that. I'll I'm going that. bold, that's baby. Cool. And I, yeah. I I think that they're gonna I think some of these
1: younger guys or whoever's down lower on the depth chart are going to get some legit carries at the end of games. And I mean, if some of these guys are playing an entire fourth quarter, that gives them a time to kind of warm up, get in there, like get a feel for the game, get a couple, you know, get a score. I I feel like that could happen. You know what I mean? And so um, I, I'm going bold, but I'm going to say 25. Mm -hmm. What's your second bold prediction? My second one is, I think there's going to be three backs. Don't care who they are. There's going
2: to be three backs. They're going to go for more than 500 yards. Ooh, you took one of mine. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I I had a bold prediction. It was going to go like this. Either you have three backs with at least 500 yards. Okay. So well, mine was a thousand and five and five. Okay. So you're going to have one back with a thousand and two with yep. 500. I love that. So it's three over that. 500. Yep. Right? That's that's I love. And that. I know yep. in your head that's where you are because you're projecting Audrick mm-hmm. Dab over 5, over thousand yep. as well. So that was one of mine is you're going to have two backs over five, three backs over 500, because I think three guys will kind of emerge this season. And this right. is a variable prediction. This would be very, this would be tough to do. I mean, even in, I mean, even some of the years they've, they've had great running back rooms. They don't have three guys. Now they've had three players over 500 in 2015. They had three guys over 500, but one of them was quarterback Sean Kaiser. Right. Right. But yeah, that's not something that we've really seen a lot of. We we saw we we almost saw it last year. It was close last year because yeah. Tyree had like four hundred something. Four hundred forty four. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was close. Yeah. Um, he
1: he
2: yeah. had a, a an interesting stat line. He had four hundred forty four yards and averaged four point four four yards per carry. <laughs> Did he really? Because mm-hmm. wow. he had hundred okay. carries. Yeah. <laughs> okay. On the dot. Right. I, so, yep. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean that that that's going to be a tough one. Right, sure. but I I could see it. That I mean, because again, it's bold predictions, right, man? Absolutely. I mean, we're having some fun with it, and and that's definitely a bold prediction in my view. So I I like that one. I like that one. My second bold prediction, Vince, is is going to be that is is going to be this: if Audric Estime is healthy, mm-hmm. if he's healthy uh, for an entire season, I mean, he plays minimum of of thirteen games. Hopefully, it's more, but if he plays thirteen games, he's going to have over sixteen hundred yards of offense. That's my bold prediction.
1: Okay. That, rushing that's, and receiving. That is bold because I feel like he's going to be around the 1100-ish mark on the ground. At least. Maybe a little more. Yeah. I, I feel like 1200 might be a little high just because of all of the variables, right? A couple less plays. Right. I think they're going to throw the ball a little more. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, 1100-ish so, in that neighborhood. But then that's a lot of reception yards.
2: Right. So my thing is this. Last year, Audric averaged um in 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 13 games he averaged 12 yards he averaged 12 carries a game okay I think he's at least going to average 15 this year okay okay so I have him at 15 carries 15 carries a game that's 195 carries for an entire season that's not a ton and I I think he'll I again as long as he's healthy I expect him to be a 200 carry guy uh which you know I mean you know we've seen guys do it tyron williams did it twice he was at 211 204 i could see him being around that number okay this season and then if he averages so let's just say he's at 200 carries okay and he averages for the entire season less than what he did for the last 10 games of last year so 6.5 per carry that's it even though he averaged 6.6 the last 10 games that's 1300 yards that yeah, is yeah you know, so like he doesn't need to get to 20 carries right. a game if he just at the efficiency level he was last year. Sure. Just and it's just adding three more average touches per game. So, uh, you know, that's kind of that's kind of why when I you do the math.
1: It's it's kind of wild. Like I didn't I don't know. For yeah. some reason, I've always thought like twelve hundred is the ceiling. But then when you do the math on it, it's like, oh, well. it's less
2: than hundred. That's less than a hundred sure. yards a game. Average, yeah. If, if yeah. you if no, count whole right. games. Which right. you know we do because bowl That's games to count do. nowadays, right? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, because if you look early in the season, Vince he he had, in that last ten games that we talked about, he only averaged eleven point nine carries per game during that stretch. That's okay, it. okay. Because he had a, I mean he had a, he had a game where he got benched. They had a blowout game, so he didn't play a ton against BC. He sure. had eleven carries that game. They didn't he got benched against uh, um, UNLV. Had th- four games where he carried a ball less than 10 times. Poor game planning against USC. So I just feel like 15, think about that 15 carries a game is, is it. Cause 200 carries over the course of 13 games, Vince, is just 15.4 carries per game. So it means you have 15 and a bunch of games and then 16 and one, basically. Yeah. 6.5 yards per carry. Now, now you say what? Well, six point, where are you getting that number from? Again, it's what he did the last 10 games of the season Right against teams like BYU. Syracuse, Clemson, USC, South Carolina. So it's not like they the the first three games was the hard part, and hard then easy. the rest was easy. This was this was still a challenging part of your schedule, and he averaged six point six. So I'm even taking it down a notch and going six five. Mm-hmm. And and uh, and he's there. I mean, if if he does those numbers and he only averages like six point two yards per carry, because well, my number was sixteen, right? Yes, correct. So let's say he has 200 carries and he only averages 6.2 yards per carry. That's 1240. So he'd only need 360 yards receiving to to pass to get to the number I'm referring to. He had 135 last year, right? So that's where I'm coming from. It's kind of bold, but it's also something that I'm like, I I could see it. Maybe it's sure. not bold enough. That's so 1600 yards of offense is what I'm ex- expecting to see from Odric this year if he's healthy. Okay. Again, that requires him to play. I'd say you know, even if it's just twelve games, I could see him still getting to that. Yeah, so that's yeah. my that's my like connection. I like that. I, I like how you go about important. it analytically,
1: though, right? Because <laughs> right. I would have You're never said a that. Up against the wall. Right, right. I would have never said that. But then when you break it down, I could see how it could definitely happen. Which would it's be it's just because
2: awesome. we haven't seen it a ton at Notre Dame, <laughs> right? Sure. It's it, it's it's not or at least recent at least recently, right? I mean, yeah. we 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 saw um, obviously. Kyron Williams got close, got close. I think he got close to that in his second year. You know, let me see all purpose. He had 1500 yards in 2021. He had um, 1438 in, in um, 2020. So we we've seen guys kind of come close to that. Let me see if I can find the, yards for scrimmage number here let's let's find a couple other guys so like uh Dexter Williams in 2018 you know Dexter had 1100 but again he missed four games right he averaged over 100 yards a game he missed four games that year in 17 Josh Adams had over 1500 and he did almost nothing in the pass game he only had 101 yards passing that. those are all big runs right right um 2016 Josh Adams had 1126 again only 193 in the receiving game uh, CJ Procyse had over 1,300 in 2015, and he he missed two games, and really, he really missed three games because he played against Ohio State, but only played like a couple series, and then got hurt again and couldn't come back in. So he really only played like basically ten games, and didn't even start the season as a starter. So you know, I, I, we just haven't seen this a ton. Sure, yeah, right, and, well, and I, like I think it. that's really where it comes down to. But I, I think it's possible, and I think it's it's that's what Audric is capable of. But it also doesn't require him to have. 20 carries a game right exactly and that's key because right. will there be a game or two where that happens
1: yeah i think there will be yeah but it doesn't it can't be i don't think it can be every game over and
2: over and over because i do think he'll wear down right after Agreed. a little bit i mean but like anybody you know, against tennessee state he may have 130 yards on nine carries and then absolutely you know get him out right at least that's what i'm hoping is, is that's what yeah, right that's much games, you not know. long though i mean that's right yeah, so right. all Hopefully right, what I want to see. Perfect. That's my bold well, that, prediction.
1: Yeah, I love that. I, it's just bold enough to come
2: true. I, I, I hope so. I love, so. It. I I hope love so. it. Well, here's so, my question to you, Vince. What, yeah. what does Notre Dame's offense look like if Audrick Estime has 1,600 yards of offense? Oh, so balanced. I yeah. mean, because because they're going to be able to run the ball when they want to,
1: but they're also going to be able to throw the ball when they want to because yeah. that means he was effective in the passing game. Right. You know what I mean? That yeah. that's what it looks like to me. It, it looks like a team that is basically able to do what they want offensively. Right. That's what it looks like.
2: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree cuz there's had, no way he's getting those yards and nobody else is touching ex- the ball. Exactly. I, don't, I don't see that.
1: It, it's not that. this offense is not going to be a one trick pony. It's I will say
2: this. Both of my bold predictions won't come true. Like that's he won't true. go for what he did and two other guys have 500 yards. Right. One of my two bowl predictions is going to be true. So maybe you, he doesn't have quite as would much. You rather because have? for the, for the future of Notre Dame, I'd rather have the first one, but okay. for the 2023 season, again, if, if Audrick Estime is healthy and that good, where he's at 1600 yards uh, of, of offense in the regular season and then maybe like the first round of the playoffs, playoff then yeah Notre Dame's Notre Dame's a really explosive offense this year because yeah. again with my numbers it's around 200 carries and then it'll have sure. probably like like 30 catches so you're talking about 230 touches you know right. for, for, for 13 games that's an average of 7 17.7 that's it that's it it but it means he's his per per touch averages I mean it means he's around 9 to 10 yards per per catch. Means it's around six to six two to six and a half and per attempt means that Notre Dame's a really efficient yet explosive offense. And so yeah. it, it would it would mean that this team is really hard to beat. Um, yeah, you know, hopefully the yard per attempt is higher, right? But it also, you know, it also would mean that Notre Dame is in all those big games because it'll be right. hard for Audrick to get the touches he needs to get against Ohio State if they're getting smacked. Sure. Against USC or Clemson if they're getting smacked, right? He won't just touch the ball as much because they're down twenty and they gotta throw right. it. I, mean, I thought all over the yard. So it, it means all those things to me. Um, so I, I don't know, Vince, I, I would probably pick Audrick having that monster year. Okay. I also think that would be huge for recruiting. I mean, it's not like they're su- struggling at running I was back gonna say, right now, right? but it, it would just keep it going even beyond right. coach McCullough's tenure. It's like, look right. what you can do at Notre Dame. Yeah. Right. Cause his tenure is not going to be as long as people want it to be. I mean, that's uh, well, let's just say this. I hope it's not. She, right. Right. Because I want him to get what he wants, right? Sure, I always coaches. I want yeah. coaches that are doing things the right way. I want them to be successful. And he wants to be head coach. And I'm hoping somebody's smart enough in the next couple of years to recognize that. Right. Now, that may not be great for Notre Dame to a degree. I, I think it actually kind of can be because like, hey, look, you can come here and be the running backs coach and get a head coaching job. Right. 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 It makes it a very um, coveted position. And, uh, you know, so I'll just, yeah, I'll leave it at that. But for his sake, I hope that that comes true. Right. Well that's gonna do we, it for our, our, yeah, running, back, our running back, our running back
1: preview, Brian. And uh but you know, stick around because we are gonna do a mailbag. But make sure you like, subscribe, hit that notification bell. Podcast. I love this. Oh, that's awesome. That's James awesome. says podcast or podcasts. Then you have IB. Thank that's well you. played, James. Thank you Thank very you. much. Appreciate, Appreciate that. that very much. But uh make sure you share, make sure you hit that notification bell because there may be a special show. Well, not special. We're planning to do a show on Saturday, right? We're planning to do a show. It is not, yeah, you yeah. keep saying that special show, and people are freaking it, out. It's special they, to me special because you. we don't normally do it, right? right? But it is right. a scheduled show about a position group on Saturday. And I'll even tell you, it's going to be about the tight ends, okay? So this is not a special show. This is just a show at a special time because we don't normally do them on Saturday, or I don't right. anyway. So Saturday, hit that notification bell, though, because you're going to forget. You're going to forget there's a show on Saturday. So hit that notification bell so that it reminds you. But stick around because we got the mailbag coming up next.